Hi everyone, this is Zorina Dimitrova, the host of the new Game of Leadership Online Summit. I have the pleasure to have Mike Amato with me today. Uh, some of you have seen him in other webinar webinars that we've had together, but today he's coming with a, a very cool topic, an upgraded knowledge and upgraded intelligence as he um, as he shared just now. <laughs> so be prepared for an amazing webinar. Uh, today's topic is, let me just read it, crack the code to your career growth with stunning results. And I can attest that we've already had stunning results at the beginning of this webinar. So <laughs> uh, shall I introduce you, Mike, for the people that don't know you, or would you take this? No, please, away? please. I, I, yeah. I, I'd love to hear what you were going to say about me. <laughs> for yet another time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So some of you have read already the, the bio that Mike has published on his website, but you know I'll, I'll present him from my perspective. So Mike is currently a, a successful winery owner. His um, wines are very exclusive and he's been doing really great with the wines. He's also an executive coach, but prior to becoming an executive coach, he was um, a CEO in major banks in Santander and in uh, Barclays Global. Um, and he climbed the career ladder very fast, um, I don't know if it was fast, but it was really from grassroots. <laughs> so um, in a committed way, let's put it this way. Um, and I've heard quite a few stories on what qualities you've had and how you managed to actually climb up. And it, it had a lot to do with your uh, focus on, on people, on the relationship to pe you had with people. But I'm curious to what you have added to this today. Yeah, Wonderful. so Zarina. thank you so much for joining us. You bet. It's always a pleasure to work with you, Zarina. Um, you are a world-class talent, I got to say, and, and, it's, and it's just any time we can work together, I will always do so. So thanks for inviting me to be here today. Thank you. Um, you know, as Zarina said, um, um, I, I do a number of things. So I've got a portfolio of things that I'm doing now, but, but um, the roots of my story come from um, I'll tell you a little bit more detail about my career. I want you to understand my journey because when, when people think about um, getting advice, getting um, uh, mentoring, and, and I like the phrase mentoring versus coaching only because uh, whereas a coach is providing information to the, the person being coached, um, um, th th there's very little exchange of, of personal experience and personal knowledge or even intervention into certain things. Whereas a mentor, I'm free to, to, to work with my clientele and, and actually share maybe similar experiences and similar um, um, challenges, um, give some advice about a couple of things that somebody might do to get out of a situation. So it's, 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 a, it's a more in-depth relationship and everybody that I work with ends up being um, my friend at the end. And, and, uh, and so um, I've been in touch with people that I've, that I've mentored years and years ago um, and still to this day, I got a message from one person today. So my point is that um, I do some mentoring. I do a number of things. As Zarina said, starting off with the portfolio of things that I'm doing, um, one of the things in 2005, we planted a vineyard here in Washington State. And um, as, as it turned out, it was in the very top um, uh, grape growing region and one of the top actually in the world. Um, and so we produce some really fine wines and we sell them throughout the United States, mostly here in Seattle area. By the way, I'm in Seattle. Um, but in addition to that, I'm on the board of directors of a, of a bank in the UK called Tandem Bank. Um, and, and let me kind of go back though and say, how did that happen? Because it's very relevant context for the topic today. So, so 
as, as Serena said, we're going to be talking about um, how to grow your career. And, uh, and sometimes it's hard to crack the code. There, there's clearly some code at work and some people just fly, other people kind of bump along or maybe get stalled even with outstanding performance. So what's going on there and how, how can we address that and talk about that? So, um, so my background started um, in, in a banking career, um, uh, gosh, th over 35 years ago. And I started literally by answering the telephone. And, and as the organization grew, I was able to grow with it. And, and my career path sort of wound around a little bit and, and came, came you know, back and forth, but it was always with the purpose in mind. And it took me um, about 21 years, but after 21 years, I became the co-president of the sixth largest bank in America. And um, in that process, I learned so many things about um, challenging bosses, uh, um, executive strategies that, that I disagreed with, there's certainly a lot of things I agreed with. I had disappointments I had to overcome and all that built, uh, began to build a knowledge base that I'm able to share with, with people I work with um, every single day. There's, there's, there's so many things I learned and actually the challenges that I went through in, in growing the career. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that Zarina said it was, that it was um, a fast career growth. Um, it's relatively fast, but let me tell you, it's like riding the tooth of a saw. There's some bumps along the way. And several times I thought I was just never going to make it. So, so um, that, that process was enormously uh, beneficial to me in learning. There is a way to navigate the politics of an organization. There is a way to, to announce my candidacy for the next role and, and become a high, performing, that, a high performer at the same time that does that. So um, as I went through my career, became the co-president, the bank then changed their strategy pretty significantly. And to be very direct, they, they, what they wanted to do is get into more and more uh, subprime lending and um, um, and created some really big challenges for um, for the entire. Actually, it turned out to be the entire global economy. And 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 my my um, values were not aligned with that. And that's the best way to say it is. Um, it's a strategy, but it's also a strategy underwritten by values. And um, one thing I don't do is compromise values. So um, so I, I left the organization. Was recruited to to go join Barclays in um, in London. And so I was the head of the global. Uh, product and distribution. Um, I was the executive for global product and distribution, meaning we had 33,000 branches all over the world and about 30,000 colleagues. So again, why is that important? It's important because in the process of, of doing that role, there's a lot of people that I hired. Okay. So I know what it's like to, to as, as, a, as an executive, to bring somebody on board from senior level to sometimes, uh, you know, entry level positions. Um, I, I love to be involved. Of course, I didn't, uh, not, not too, too involved at the entry level positions, but the point of it is, is that I, I'm, I'm intensely interested in watching somebody come into, into my office and say, you know, they want a different role and kind of uh, deciding, should we hire them or should we not? I've also helped people get promoted. One of the things that I was really uh, interested in, it was, it was our, our frontline had 70% female and yet our executive management was like under 10%. And so changing that and helping women understand how to navigate a world that was created largely and the rules written largely by men was something that I really enjoyed doing. And, and when I left, we had a significant boost. Almost 50% of the executives then when I left were female. Um, so, so, the, so, so the point was again, um, I'm passionate about helping people grow their career and become very, very successful, but in ways that are consistent with who they are and in ways that are consistent with their values. And always we win when the values of the, of the individual uh, match the values of the organization. So um, you'll hear me talk a lot about values. 
Um, I've even invited, um, there's been several times when I've had to invite people not to work at, um, in, in, in my part of the organization. And um, that's the unfortunate side of being executive is sometimes you have to move people out. And, and um, so that experience though taught me some different things. What did people do that, 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 that created challenges? What are, people, what are things that people do to kind of cause their career to stall to the point that I had to invite them to go seek a career somewhere else? So that led then to, to me, I, I resigned, um, re retired, pardon me, as, as um, in that role. And then I went to the board of directors of Santander, uh, one of the biggest banks in the world um, in, in the UK, um, and, and then joined the bank of the board of Tandem Bank where I am now. So I'm no longer on the board of Santander. Again, another view on how do boards think about talent and, and, and how do we think about individuals? And, 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 and we're gonna talk more about this later on in detail, but there is a, even at the executive level, even when I mentor a CEO, you can see the differences in how people think about things and the things they do that can derail them from being their most effective and, and, and successful selves and the things that they do that accelerate their growth. So today I want to talk about those things with all of you and share some, some stories and share some of this, um, um, you know, a, a hard fought uh, uh, um, uh, wisdom but give you some ideas about some ways to think about your role in creating your career. Um, and again, that career might be, you, you might want to become a next level. You may want to be a senior manager. You might be a senior manager today and you want to become an, a, 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 the CEO. That's great. We can talk about that. You might be somebody who's in sales who wants to get into management. You might be in management who wants to get into sales. Um, and, and, and you may want to start your own business, leave the organization altogether and start your own business. All of that's very, very relevant to our conversation today because I've, I've sort of consolidated my thoughts around things that people can avoid and things that by, by talking about the things they can avoid, it starts to, to point to things that they can really do to magnify and accelerate things. So I've got written down three of the career, um, the biggest career lim limiters. So three of the things that people do that really hold them back. And, um, um, and, and, and in this process, you're going to see some clues in terms of my unique approach to mentoring people and helping them not only discover how to be more successful in the role they're in, not only talk about how to change and alter their personal brand so that they can go to the role that they want to go into, but also how do you balance what you, you know, who you are as an individual, who you are as a person, and how do you balance that whole, whole idea about work-life balance? All of them are attainable. They're all attainable, and I'll show you how. All right. So the first thing is, I want to talk about the three um, um, big, biggest limiters, and 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 I've kind of cheated a little bit because number one is a biggie. Number one's a very biggie. But um, what I've written down here is um, one of the key things is that that the um, um, and I don't know how well you can read it, but I've written down no strategy and no plan. And and again, sorry if you can't read that, but trust me, it says no strategy and no plan. And um, and, and by that, what I mean is this, um, in executives, we're always thinking about the organization, where we were going to go, and how do we communicate? How did I communicate with 30,000 people and, 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 and really, frankly, launch one of the biggest um, uh, banking transformations in the entire UK, um, in, 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 in actually in history? And so how did we do that? Well, we thought about who we are, what we were going to do, why we're going to do it, and how we're going to do it. What does that mean corporately? It means that there is a a, a vision. That's what we're going to do. And there's a mission. That's, that's, that's why we're going to do it. That's what we stand for. And then there's a strategy. That's how we're going to do it. Okay. And then finally, there's a plan that says, what are the things we're going to need to do 
um, um, in order to make that happen. So they all kind of roll up. We call that process strategic alignment. Now, what's kind of surprising to me is I see people with no strategic alignment for their career. Um, remember, your job, if you want to move up in an organization and be seen as valued contributor, we, we use a nine box grid to, to, to analyze the top talent. One, one, one um, axis is, is performance from low to high, excuse me, potential from low to high. We see somebody that really has room to grow. And then we have performance from, from low to high. And what we're shooting for is a high performer with high potential to do more. And that's called box nine. That's called the box of stars. And so how do we gravitate and see um, um, and, and show that we belong in the box of stars? And trust me, it's not just by talking your way into it. There's other things you need to do. And one of them is strategic alignment for your career. So, um, you know, so, so what is that? Um, um, what, what am I saying then? So you need to know not necessarily which job you want to do, but you need to know what is it that you're out to accomplish. And it can be very general. It can be, again, as I said, example, I want to move into, I want to become an executive one day. Great. I want to move. Actually, I, can't, I don't like management. I want to move in sales. But you've got to at least start with the what. And in fact, that's the first question that I ask people when I, when I, when I begin mentoring them. And mentoring typically is a six-month engagement. And, and over the six months, we just work together on all sorts of things. But we start with saying, why are you here? Tell me, what is it you want? And, and that kind of begins to get information on what people think is lacking, what, what's, what's, what they're not satisfied with today. But starts off with what? And it's surprising me when I was mentoring um, MBA students at Barclays, we, we had um, um, a graduate program where we would bring in maybe 20 graduates and they would go through an 18 month course. And I was typically a very popular mentor because I just love it, by the way, and I have all the time in the world for that. But what is amazing, what I noticed when I talked to these individuals from University, University of Chicago, uh, Cambridge, uh, could be Harvard, one from Stanford, and they came into the organization, they didn't know what their career is all about. They'd never been asked that question. So that's essential to, to essentially what I'm saying is have a vision statement. And so what is it that I want from my career? And, and, you, and you list those things that you want. So I'm going to leave that there. But you get the point is that, is that it's a very simple starting point. But it's incredibly um, interesting that not many people really think of it that way. And even more interesting that once you start thinking about it, it's actually harder than it looks. But once you get that what, um, then, then um, what I always like to ask is why? So, so why do you want to do it? I want to do this because I'm going to make more money. Great. Okay, that's fine. I want to do this because it's a sense of fulfillment. That's good too. I want to do this because I can't spend this much time at work and I want to whatever the point might be. But why do you want to do it? That's your mission. So the first, what do you want to do is your vision. And then the mission is, is why you want to do it. And that's so important. I can tell you one of the most powerful drivers in a person's career is attachment to a sense of purpose. And so um, um, if, if you're tied to that sense of purpose, you have such a head start over so many people. In fact, I used to say 75% of people that I work with, and remember we all, everybody has wants to make more money. Everybody wanted to have a great career, et cetera, et cetera. But 75% of them weren't attached to a purpose. It was a job to them. And the whole focus today is say, how do you build that career? Something that says, you know what, it's purpose led. Well, that's your mission. That's your mission statement. And so why you want to do something is crucial. Okay, so I want to become an executive. Why? 
I'll tell you the exact answer that I gave in the interview one time when I went from entry-level manager to then a regional manager heading up a, a region of the United States. The exact answer was, I want to do this because I want to make policy, not just follow policies. And the, the, I had three interviewers. They're all three executives. They said, well, why is making policy so important to you? I said, because you guys sometimes make policies I disagree with, and I have no ability to influence that. And I know if I were here, I could actually help you um, um, create better policies that are much more relevant to the workforce. And they had a great laugh about that. Um, um, I'm not, it was kind of a risky tactic at that time, but, but, but I, I had a why that I wanted to do it. I wanted to be a person who could help lead and create policies that made a lot of sense and help structure the organization to make it actually easier for workers to engage in the work. Now, once you do the why, then the next question that we need to understand, and, and again, this is building um, uh, your strategic alignment for your own career. Again, things that people don't think about. If you do this, you're gonna be, honest to goodness, you're gonna be more than the top 25%. You're gonna be in the top 10%, maybe top 5%. But the key one is then, is then how are you gonna do it? So as we talk about, as we talk about what, what, what somebody wants to get through their career, you need to start understanding how am I going to do it? Now, again, you can't specify I'm going to do this job, that job, and that job. Hey, let me give an example. I started off my career in, in um, doing investment advisory um, uh, work. So I essentially sold investments and advised customers on, on investment strategies. Um, I liked it. Um, I, guess I, 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 I guess I projected the, um, that, that I was really interested more in having a career at my what was really in getting into management. I had, a, I had a choice to make forever be an individual contributor and grow a business that way, uh, which is great. Uh, but I wanted to be an, I wanted to get into senior management and, and to management career. So my what was growing into management. So when I had that chance, I went into management and, and over the course of the next few years, I became an executive at the investment advisory firm. And again, it's over owned by a bank. So, so um, as I was there, um, I could see that my division was never going to be very big. We didn't make very much money. Um, um, we, were, we were an afterthought for the overall banking organization. And so I, I viewed it as um, elevator banks. When you see elevator, this elevator shaft goes from zero to eight floors. This one goes from zero to 24 and this one goes zero to 76. So I shifted gears and I took a demotion. I, I went down two levels in the organization to become management in the, in the elevator bank that went to 76 floors. And at the time people said, are you crazy? But I knew my how had to be, I wanna have a bigger impact and I want to go as high as I possibly can. I don't wanna be a the big fish in a small pond. I wanna be a big fish in a big pond. And I truly believe in, 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 as a little bit of philosophy, I truly believe that the fish grows to the size of the pond that it's in. So um, I want to get in a bigger, a bigger, if you, if you bear with me on this, but bigger body of water. And I want to see, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this by going into the big organization and showing I can do ever, ever more. Um, in a couple of years, I became my boss's boss. So, so the person who managed me in the investment advisory business overall, and, and, and it was actually four years, I became the head of all of it, plus part of the bank. And, um, and so my boss actually started working for me. And um, that's got its own kind of unique, unique feelings, but it, it feels good to, to succeed. And it felt good to not only be making policy, but also having a broader influence in the organization. 
So a lot of the how is, doesn't have to be fine. I never said I want, I'm going to do this job, that job, and that job. A lot of it was reactionary, tactical, but generally it was guided by me saying, I knew where I wanted to go. Okay. I knew why I wanted to do it. And the how then was going to be that I would do what it takes to get there. So I had to relocate my family several times as I moved up the career, the career ladder. And, um, and then, as I said, it became, it resulted in me becoming the president of the bank. So, so that's an example of, of what it takes to do, um, um, have a strategic alignment. And um, if, as I mentioned before, it's, it's so um, interesting when you talk to people about, you know, why do you want this job or the, or the interviews, you guys, the, the, the secret to breaking out in your career, I, I keep saying the secret and then I give you seven secrets, but one of the many secrets of breaking out in your career besides having that, that sort of strategic alignment, some idea of, of, of what you're going to be doing is to differentiate. Remember that the person interviewing you or talking to you about where your career is going to go is talking to 10 other people that, that are maybe five, 10 other, it could be 20 people who all want the same thing as you. They say the same words as you and they all went through their CV or resume in the same way that you're doing it. So how do you stand out? I can tell you, and I can promise you to make a big difference if your interview is focused on the um, strategic alignment and 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 um, and 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 the, the and, and where you want to head, you just get a different energy and you start be looking a little bit different than everybody else. And um, and 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 it's 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 a uh, it's an advantage that a lot of people really don't stop and take advantage of that. And that's the beginning work um, when I'm working with somebody as a mentor. Now, I want to go to number two now, because. Um, Number two is, um, I kind of go back to the MBAs because they're, it's an interesting because I admire the, their, their educational journey and, and the work that they've done to get there. But what's interesting is they learn a very specific way to think about business in a very specific way. It's, it's really driven into them in terms of how to take a left-brained approach, a left-brained approach into, into career and, and growing a career. In fact, they don't think about left brain approach to careers. They think about a left brain approach to business. And in my mind, I'm talking about something bigger than business. I'm talking about your life. So when I, when I, when I think about number two and what it is, is there's a lack, where are we here? A limited view of self. And again, sorry guys, if you can't, if you can't read that again, trust me on that. Limited view of self. So one of the foundational components of, of mentoring is to understand who you're working with. And it's interesting because I just pointed out a lot of people haven't thought about who they are. So you need to uncover that. And, and the problem is it's very difficult to get objective information on who you are. In other words, who are you? What are the things that you have as superpowers? Um, I asked somebody, <laughs> I interviewed somebody the other day for, for, for a role and, and I asked, what are your superpowers? And they were stunned. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, don't you want to know my weaknesses? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. But it's so interesting. What are your superpowers? You need to have a view of that and you need objective view. I, I don't know about you guys, but I have the hardest time coaching myself. I have a hard time talking to myself because there's a specific way that I think about myself and the way I, and it's just not objective. And what's really missing in most people in their career development and saying, where do they want to go 
is a total lack of objective self-assessment. Your parents can't do it. They're, they're not objective. Your boss doesn't do it. They give performance reviews to you, but they're not objective. They're telling you how you need to be in order to help them be successful. So performance review is uniquely uh, um, designed to help the organization understand how you fit the organization's needs. I'm talking about a self-assessment that, that really um, helps you understand not only your superpowers, but also a really important thing, what I call derailers. Derailers. Um, that says railer. So, um, what, what is a derailer? So derailer is those things that we tend to do and specifically under stress that take all this wonderful work in strategic alignment, take all this work of, I know who I am and I really understand my superpowers and it just kind of derails it because we behave in a way that's not consistent with who we've announced that we are. We behave in a way that's inconsistent with who we've announced that we are. That's huge. Now you're confusing people. Now you're disconnecting people. Why? Because a stressful situation has come in and you've reacted. So it's really important to understand derailers. And by the way, when I said objectively assess these things, one of the key things that we really focus on with clientele is to say, listen, you probably, most people have a pretty good idea of their derailers, but I can promise you something. They actually magnify the derailers. The idea is not to, is not to identify things that, that perhaps people don't know. The idea is to say, how do we call them out and minimize their impact on your life? Look, if, 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 if where your conscience is, or conscious is, pardon me, consciousness is, is to where your focus is, so many people beat themselves up every day for things that they've done. Could be 12 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, last year, something they said wrong, um, how they tend to just, they showed up poorly in a meeting, uh, how they had a conversation with their partner in a different way. So the whole, the whole idea is that we have a, we think we have a good handle on derailers, but it's important to identify them in this conversation and then take the power away from them. If you think of yourself as a pie chart and there's part of you that is needs improvement, and let's say it's that 7%, the rest of you is pretty spectacular. Why do we ignore the pretty spectacular 93% and focus on the seven? And, and again, go back to that corporate performance review. What's the first thing they do? Oh, great job. You hit your goals and, and, and you did some really, um, some really um, uh, good things, but I want you to get a book on this topic. I want you to go talk to so-and-so because they can show you how to stop doing this. And I want you to start thinking about how can you develop that? So all your focus goes on that 7%. So guess where your, guess, guess where your energy goes, your focus goes, your consciousness goes, is that 7%. I advocate a different approach. Let's talk now about superpowers. People don't do that enough. People understand, you know what? Objectively, let's get all modesty aside or false confidence aside. Actually, I'm really good at these two or three things. And if I did more of those superpowers and I expressed those in more clear ways and I demonstrated them in moments of stress, then I focus on trying to fix these. Guess what happens? Become much more confident. Say, I look at your career. I look at your job that you're in today. I look at the job you're going to be in five years from now. It's a performance. And so when you go to perform, you cannot perform if you don't have confidence, you're relaxed, you're focused on the task at hand, but you're allowed to perform, whether it's dancing, playing a musical instrument, or playing a sport, whatever it might be, 
you're performing is the way I like to look at it. And trust me, you do want to be aware, but, but um, quite honest about your assessment of your derailers, but spend more time growing your superpowers and that 7% that needs to disappear gets consumed by you becoming more of your, of your um, more super self. Now, um, I, see, I see a question. Um, let's see. Okay, so there, there was no question. I just typed that people can type their questions or if they want to, to show on the video, they can also um, unmute themselves and turn on their videos, whatever they feel like and ask a question. Thank you, Zarina. That was a nice little commercial break. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, by all means, if, if you have questions or comments, Zarina, I don't have my glasses so you can see I can't read them, but Zarina sure. will. I, I'll read them out to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and raise your hand if you want me to stop and go back to something. But so do, do you see now, as, as we're setting the table for three biggest limiters for those people that are joining a little bit later, but look, no strategy and no plan, no strategic alignment of, of what you wanna do, why you wanna do it and how you're gonna do it. That's a bunch of work. And I want you to start thinking about all of you today, no matter what you take from this webinar, think about that as it pertains to your career. Okay, next is for your career in life. A lot of people talk about work-life balance. Do you know, I have to say, um, um, just being very direct, I think that's nonsense. It's as if we're two people. And, and I, when I leave the door to go to work, I'm a different person than the one at home. There's no such thing as work-life balance. There's time, there's, there's work, personal time balance, and, and, and there's focus and you wanna balance your focus, but you're the same person. So that same person, whether you're talking about, you know, how to be the, a better business person or a better partner in your life or, or friend to those that you're friends with, is understand an, an objective assessment of who you are. And that's what a mentor or coach can help you do is understand sort of who are you, what are your superpowers, and what are those things that are derailers? And, and what are some, I've got some tools that I used with people to help them understand in that moment of truth when I've got a chance to react or if I can stop and be proactive, I actually can change how I've announced my own personal brand. And that's exactly what you're creating in an organization and a career. If you have aspirations to do more, if you want to make more money, you want to convey your personal brand in a way that's consistent with your values. And you want that to show up, whether it's a moment of stress or whether it's not. So, so you want to show up all the time. That's massively important for now moving where are we in the top 10%. Now we're in the top 5%. Now, if you're competing with 100 people for one job, now you're down to five people with one job. And by doing these two things, you're really, you've really enhanced your opportunities to grow your career or make your business more successful or whatever the, whatever the topic may be. Okay, the third um, career limiter. And again, this is observations from thousands of people that I worked with um, very, very consistently. And in fact, it's something that's becoming actually a bigger issue in, in my eyes. But this is that they're not clear on their company or their boss's motivation. Remember, people talk about bosses, you know, executives um, becoming much more um, emotionally intelligent, much more empathetic and understand both sides. Well, that goes two ways. And when I see a lot of people, and again, I'll pick on my friends, the, uh, those of you that are MBAs, what you really have to battle is, is, that, is that you're very adept at expressing what they want 
from their career and what they want from their boss. And even the body language, just fascinating, absolutely fascinating. You can see the body language, and this isn't limited to people with an MBA, of course. Um, I was just kind of teasing there a little bit, but there's, there's a body language. I, I had one gentleman came in and he was interviewing for a job, would have been a big raise for him. And he sat with his arm on the next chair and he went on to tell me how if he got this job would make his life better and how this was a culmination of his life dreams. Well, that's great, but he had no idea of what the company or my, in this case, I would be his boss, what my motivation was, what do I want? And um, when, when, when you think about it that way, a very, if, if I can be overly blunt, I think we're all friends now. Look, a very important thing is what gets them fired? When you're thinking about growing your career, you've got to remember, just like you, your boss is trying to survive. And there's, they have issues, they have problems. They're, they're, they're hiring somebody into a role, not just because they want to make people's lives better, which they all say they do, that's great. But they're putting somebody in an advanced role because they've got a problem. And they have trust that the person they're going to hire can solve that problem. Conversely, in their survival, what's going to get them fired will usually tell you where that problem lies. I've had people ask me, um, tell me a book that you're reading with hopes that when I said there's a book I'm reading, it would say what I really needed, you know, they, they need to focus on so it could help me solve that problem. Okay, maybe. Um, they'd say, what keeps you awake at night, Mike? And, and always I gave some big, you know, big, big answer that was very vague and very non-helpful. But instead if, if and, and again, I think it'd be overly bold to say, what will get you fired? But if, but if we could get to in part of the conversation or if they intuitively knew, if they knew, you know what? I read the, the, the latest annual report. I read the latest senior manager uh, paper on certain things. And, and, and what Mike's going to be feeling pressure on is these three things. Boom, boom, and boom. And then if you understand that, you're able to present yourself as a solution to those problems. And I can give you a specific example. When I started in financial services, um, I was having a hard time getting off the telephone. Again, I literally started on the telephone answering the phone. And I was trying to get an interview. Why, well, why should we you know, put you through your licensing to become a, a financial advisor? And I gave all sorts of great, wonderful answers, whatever I would answer at the time, right? But one of the key things is that, is that um, I said, tell me, what are your, at that time it was, a, it, was a, it was a gentleman heading up investment advisors in several bank branches. And I said, give me your toughest bank branches. I know all those people. And give me the toughest ones and I'll take it on. So he gave me two of the toughest ones. And I knew the managers and they were really tough. So, um, um, and, I, and I went in and I fixed that problem. And he said to me, I'll never forget when he did my performance review, I'll never forget you took two massive headaches away from me and it's just gone now. You just have solved it. So the point is I knew, because I knew a little about the organization, I'd done my homework. I knew what would get him fired and I knew what was giving him headaches. And I presented myself as a solution to that problem. So they're going to look at past performance and too many, too many leaders do this. If you're interviewing people, um, there's a big focus on past performance, but the whole idea is that we need to superimpose this person's skills and attributes into the next role. And that's a whole nother topic, but they're, but they're basically looking to build trust with somebody. Now, one of the key things is that, that you, um, to, to build trust, it's not in the interview. It's not the interview when you go. Now, if you don't know the organization, you don't know the individual, the interview is very important. But I can tell you that's not when you build trust. 
You build trust because you interview for the next position every single day at work. You just don't think of it that way. Every day you show up, you're interviewing for that next job. A lot of times when people go into, a, when a manager will go into a hiring mode and, and or want to promote somebody, remember, it's not all about you. They have issues too. They have things that they need to solve. They have stuff that keeps them awake at night. But a lot of times they kind of know who they want to hire because they've seen a person every single day perform. They've seen a person every single day handle situations. They've seen a person every single day contribute to solving problems, not contribute to making problems. All those things happen on a daily basis. So if you think of I'm interviewing for my next job, you may get a promotion tomorrow morning. I hope all of you do. And I hope it's because of this webinar. But if you um, um, go in tomorrow morning, get a promotion, I want you the very next day to show up and say, okay, I'm getting ready for the next role. It's got a magical effect on your performance, on your mindset, on your confidence, but also in the way that you become conscious of your behaviors and your actions and, and most importantly, your impact on others. So when I mentor somebody, we focus a lot on this, how to show up every single day, how to solve your boss's problems, and how to begin announcing your candidacy for the next level, and how do you move to that box of stars at the upper right-hand corner of, the, of that, of that, um, of that uh, nine-grid talent chart. So um, those are the three, in my mind, those are the three biggest career limiters, and those things that people do to hold themselves back. Now, obviously, each of these has a ton of, um, uh, you know, more work and content, but it kind of points to, to um, you know, the culmination of, of in, in the introduction of this, to this webinar, I talked about stunning results. Um, it can be stunning. It absolutely can be stunning because remember this, whether you believe, it's really important of what you believe. And you don't want to have a false confidence. I mean, I mean, you don't have to believe and have total faith that you're going to become the, the CEO of the, of, of the world's largest um, um, you know, organization. You don't have to, that, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about if you believe in yourself in a process, you'll be amazed as, as you continue to think about that next job and the next job and where you're going, you've all started to sudden start to think like the person in that job. I remember sitting there listening to the CEO um, pardon me, the president of, of, of the organization that I was in early in my career and thinking, how did they know to say that? Why would they say that? I didn't like that, but I really did like that. That was really inspirational. I wonder what thought process led them to that. And I would go talk to, at that time, the president saying, how did you think about that? What, what was your, and, and he would give some insights. It's like, okay, so now I not only know maybe what to say, I kind of know what not to say, but most importantly, I learned What's the thought process that somebody goes through to arrive at those things? And then how do you, over the course of time, wrap that thought process around who you are and a clear understanding of who you are? So you're always looking at the world in 360. So, uh, yeah, 360. So you're always looking at it where you're looking out and what are you trying to project? But you also want to watch and see the echo effect of your presence on the room you're in, on the person you're talking to, and then understand what they're saying to you. So you have a full loop of what you look like, somebody looking at you and what you're trying to project. And all the time you're able to learn some things that will help you along the way on really how to think about things. So um, uh, this is why I'm a massive proponent of, um, of mentors. Um, a lot of people think I wanna hire an executive coach and, 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 and that's fantastic by the way. I don't, I don't mean that's not, that's not a really beneficial thing. It can really help. But, um, but what I really, like to do and what really matters to my clients is the ability to connect and actually become friends 
and share wisdom during times or challenging times or challenging people. I remember I went to a mentor when I had a challenging boss and it was, um, it was really tough. I, I just couldn't work together. And, um, and I, and I took a career jog to, 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 to go work for somebody that I really had more respect for as things worked out. I ended up being the boss of that boss. And I, and I actually, um, invited them to go seek a career somewhere else because I remembered how, how their values just didn't align with mine at all. So, um, um, that having that mentor to say, give me some guidance saying, you know what, you're learning something from this. Let's talk about what you're learning from this really uh, difficult experience, um, taught me a ton. So that's why I'm advocating, um, um, you know, mentors, um, executive coaches are phenomenal as well. And, and they both give you that sort of objective view of yourself, um, and can help you sort of develop that strategy and that plan of how you're going to go about growing your career. So, um, that is what I want to share with all of you today. Um, the, the last thing, I guess, I guess I mentioned stunning results. You know, the one thing I want to add to this is that what is one of the most incredibly powerful learning experience I, I had was the power of stretching, the power of, of stretch goals. And it's, it's really amazing what happens when you set a very stretch goal. Again, whether it's in your current job, remember I said that nine box grid has, um, um, an aspect of, of um, potential, showing that you've got potential to do other things. And then there's performance. Well, if you're in the job, you want to perform better. And, um, and, and, if, you, and if, you're, if you um, think about um, um, the, 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 how you want to drive that performance, if you're just talking about hitting goals, then, then you tend to focus on what is the minimum. But if you can create stretch goals, you don't have to tell anybody about it. Just set a stretch goal. Set a stretch goal for positions. Set a stretch goal for earnings. Set a stretch goal for um, um, a position in a company, whatever whatever that might be, for performance that that giving you for for um, how high you're going to uh, um, hit your goals, and keep your own little stretch goal and make it really stretchy. I will guarantee you, you'll be shocked at how over the course of time you actually tend to accomplish the stretch number. Um, I had one one boss who would give me quarterly targets, give me minimum to keep your job. You do less than this. I'm just going to tell you in three months you're fired. Do target, which is the plan. This is what we've told everybody we're going to be doing. And your contribution to that plan is here. But give me your stretch. You give me your stretch. You come up with your stretch goal. And it was a phenomenal learning experience for me because I could say I worked for that person for, um, let's see, four, seven quarters only. But in every one of those seven quarters, every single one, I hit the stretch goal, and by the way, not by much, by just a little. So when we're talking about things and talking about things around your career and, and setting a plan and saying where you want to go, I really want you to think about the power of stretch goals. Set it and let go of it. Go back to your target, go back to your plan, let go of it, but you'll be, you'll be amazed at how you tend to gravitate towards, and, and the analogy that I'll give, and then, and then Zarina, we can stop and have questions, but look, the, the analogy I, I would give is this. Um, when you, when you watch the Olympics, it's the only time I think about track and field. Okay. So when you watch the Olympics, a high jumper, there's a target and they clear that target by one inch, one centimeter. They raise it, they run, clear it by one inch, one centimeter. They raise it, clear it, just clear it. Right. Cause that's their target. And a lot of times that bar is wobbling. Even if they go on to two more successful jumps, they wobble the bar at a certain level. That's a target. When you go and watch the sprinters, they come to that starting line and all of their preparation comes right there. And they benchmark themselves against their competitors left and right. And they give themselves permission 
to go and run as fast as they can. And I'm sure they have a number in mind. They have a speed in mind or, or an objective in mind, but they're giving themselves permission to perform as best they can in that moment in time to, 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 to um, beat their competition and, 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 um, and, and hopefully their target. That is a stretch goal. That means freeing yourself to say, I'm going to do things in a little bit different way. And in fact, it's why we changed the word when I was at Barclays and we were trying to change your organization from one that just barely, in fact, we knocked the bar down quite a bit in our little high jump exercise. We, we didn't always hit our goals. We want to change to, to, to an organization that um, went on to, um, we never did less than 30% of goal, 130% of our goal, because we changed the mindset from target to actually goal. And we quit talking about targets. So when you're thinking about your career and you're thinking about your journey and what you want to do, besides avoiding these three biggest limiters, I want to invite you to add something in there, which is stretch goals and stretch further than you can ever, ever thought maybe possible. And you'll watch and see what happens because it can come true. So with that, Zarina, let me, let me stop there and see if, if you have any questions. Um, if somebody would like to talk about um, anything I've said or add anything. Um, I'm just, uh, allow me to please open up for questions with a question of my own or rather an observation and a question. Uh, so, uh, of course, I understand um, the, the importance of stretch goals, but what got me thinking a lot was what uh, helped me in my career progression when I was working back in corporate. And you talked a lot about uh, MBA students, and I, I had also done an MBA. And I think, again, this, what we're talking about, applies across the line, no matter if you have an MBA or not, or whatever you've done. And it made me think um, the the school that I went to uh, ranked consistently in, I think, top five globally in career progression. And so I thought, what was the thing in this school that made people progress so fast? And the, the culture of recruiting, so one of the, um, the things that people were judged on to be recruited as students was collaboration. So this was the first thing that that you could notice. So whenever I speak to somebody from the school that I graduated, I can immediately recognize them. It's just that they have a natural style of collaboration, of relationship building. And I was thinking, okay, what helped me actually uh, grow in my career? Because I remember at some point I had three people inviting me to join their teams. And it was actually my, uh, exactly this collaborative style and my reputation was working on its own. And what was actually working was the fact that I became friends with my bosses consistently. So they were, sorry, relationships. Yeah, yeah. a deeper relationship than just seeing them once in a while and, and, um, and not, them not being aware of you, yeah. So, and I'm also thinking about uh, people that I've spoken to. In the end, it's this informal relationship that you're building with the people around you that helps you move forward because what people care the most is your personality of course you need to perform but you know this is uh it's like a it's a given that you need to perform anyhow but the choice will be made based on your personality rather yeah that's a really good insight and by the way um you're, you're correct in calling it out i I, I, I kind of poked at MBAs a little bit just because I, I mentioned so many of them. And the, and the point was, this is really matters to everybody. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, you kind of can become a little bit set in your ways, the more education you have and kind of say, okay, I've learned the truth. In reality, you're exactly right. A lot of what I'm talking about is a relationship and with who? The relationship with yourself. That's the beginning of everything. They call it insights for a reason. 
I want people to look inside and say, you know, what are my derailers objectively? What are my superpowers? And how do I think about those? And then what is my way to react for stress? And we give tools to do that. So, so it's really important to start with, with understanding better yourself. Then you can understand, okay, now what about the organization? What about my boss? And, 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 and ultimately, they're going to hire people they have trust in. And what creates a trust is a relationship. Um, there's one person when I was um, um, at Barclays and we had a situation in, um, in one of the African countries and, and the government was looking at maybe even taking over our bank branches there. And it was really a big concern, obviously, for all the employees there. Well, I had one person who was actually two, one, two, two layers below me, maybe three, by the way, might be three layers below me. But, but he has always just had a great persona um, and, and, and he was always uh, incredibly intelligent at the right time. But even more than that, he had a great relationship with all of his colleagues and I got to know him. And so I would walk out in this, in this particular situation and I asked him, can you help me with this problem? I, I, I need somebody to look at this situation and say, how do we uh, resolve this issue when it's going to be such a challenge for every blah, 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 whatever the, whatever the, the, the conversation was. The point of it is, is that we had established trust because I knew him on a deeper level why? Not because we went out and we hung out. No, we didn't. I didn't know the gentleman in, in, you know, um, um, in his personal life, but because I observed his performance at work and his interaction with other people. I know he'd be brilliant working with our African um, uh, country head and, and coming up with solutions that gave me some ammunition to go and talk to the government to keep our branches open. So um, that's just one example, Serena. Exactly right. This is about establishing a relationship with yourself and then with people that you work with, and, and certainly your, those include your bosses. Yeah, and the other thing that I already mentioned, but I um, just want to stress on it again, is that your reputation, what you've mentioned, you show up every day, every day you're, you're being um, selected for the next job. And, and so this is when your reputation starts working for you, is what I also added, that um, at some point, for in my example, I didn't know that uh, news about me or my reputation had gone that far that people knew what I was doing and you know what I was capable of doing so that they thought okay she might be appropriate for that job too yeah everybody here and everybody watching the recording later one of the things you can do to that exact point write down I trust people when and write down two or three four or five things and said when do you begin to trust people I trust people when they're very consistent with who they are and what they are. Okay, good. When I can depend on them being there. I trust people when, and, 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 and write those things down and then look at that and say, is it outrageous or is it reasonable? And then take that list and superimpose it on your work environment and say, gosh, this is what other people mu must um, 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 create that trust and create that relationship with somebody. And that is, how you interview every day for a job is build that trust by doing the same things that you appreciate. And it's, it's a, such a simple exercise, but again, a lot of this is about consciously pursuing your career growth. And, and um, it, it's not about accidentally having a career you want to, I mean, that's great if it works out like winning the lottery, but um, um, you need to, um, uh, to consciously approach um, the, the ways that you can grow your career or by the way, this works for growing a business and in fact, I can't, you know, I, I don't want to overemphasize this, but relationships, it's massively important for your relationships outside of work as well. But 
that's not the focus of this webinar. The webinar is how to win at work and how to crack the code. And you notice all this way through, I haven't talked about politics. I had, I had people that started off with me and they ended up trapped in the same levels that they really didn't ever move very much in their career. And when I was moving around and I was thinking, wow, what are these guys doing? Then um, it was almost always because they hadn't thought about um, a lot of these components or thought about themselves in that, in that way and hadn't created a personal brand that reflected where, that they want to do anything different. So it, it, it was surprising to me that people don't do this type of work for themselves. But um, I, I can tell you, if you do it, you're differentiating, you really will stand out. We have a question from uh, Tozin Onibon Ohe. I'm not quite sure if I'm Ohe, I think it's pronounced. We hear a lot of people say work smarter, not harder. Do you agree? And fundamentally, what does it mean to you? Ah, I know Tosin. How are you, Tosin? We worked together at Barclays years ago. Tosin would know some of the stories I was telling. You, you missed the best Barclays stories, but you came in just a little bit late, Tosin. So thank you. Good to see you again. Um, okay, so what does it mean by um, working um, smarter, not harder? Okay, so... Um, the focus can be if I, I, I treat my career like digging a ditch. And when you dig a ditch, if you don't work hard, nothing's going to happen. If you sit there and think about it, the hole doesn't get dug. So, so you need to dig and you work harder. Okay. The, the, but in a career, there are those people that do that. And in fact, um, it happens quite a lot to women. Think of the classroom setting. I'm going to switch analogies now. Think of the classroom setting and seat 1A. Uh, actually be there right here. 1A is right there and that's the best student in the class. And, and she's sitting there and she's doing a great job getting all the right papers, working, working really hard and getting, getting straight A's and everything else. And she goes to work at an organization and, and she is, is uh, working super hard and doing the right things. And yet she sees, so she's not getting, she's not getting um, uh, chosen for those next jobs. She sees other people who are somehow conveying funds. In fact, what's happened is a lot of times she has become too valuable in her position. Now this happens to men as well, but, but um, in this particular example, I'm using, I'm using um, um, uh, the female representation of this issue, but working harder is not the answer always. Working smarter says, how do I think of myself in a holistic way? And how do I think of my role in the company in a holistic way? And how do I um, um, accomplish what the company needs at this current level, but how the company can help me with my needs in the next level. And how do I create relationships and build a bridge that, that, that makes that happen? A lot of times people, as I was going to say, that get stalled in a certain place, it's not because they're not top performers, it's not because they're not smart, and it's not because they don't work hard. Although a lot of people have those attributes, it's, a lot of times it's not because of that. A lot of times it's just simply because they haven't um, um, actually thought about where they fit in the overall scheme and try to say, how do we, how do we express ourselves in a different way? How do we kind of go for it? How do we um, uh, uh, make these things happen? These three biggest mistakes I mentioned. But, um, but in that process, um, um, there was a great phrase and, and, I've, and, I've, and I've kind of drifted away from the great phrase, but in, in the process of understanding that, they then say, well, it's just politics, Mike. You succeeded because you you were, um, um, you know, you, you knew so-and-so or you, you used to, you know, golf with so-and-so or you used to, and, 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 and quite honestly, a lot of times you hear people talking about politics, it's somebody who hasn't cracked the code. And that's why I named this webinar Cracking the Code, because there is a code, but the code's written by you. It's not, yes, there are organizations that are extremely political. 
and 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 you have to be one of the good old boys to make it to succeed or you have to be from that place or you have to have gone to the right schools or something that you can't control at this point and and at that point i'd ask you to check your values and see if this is the right place for you but a lot of times people that get stalled focus on the external as the issue and almost always i can guarantee you tosin that your success depends on you and how do you see yourself in the in the entire organization a holistic way it's a long-winded way to say Working smarter means you have a plan, okay? Uh, the beginning of my, of my webinar was a strategic alignment for your career, just like an organization has strategic alignment. You know, what, what are you gonna do? Why are you gonna do it? And how are you gonna do it? Just by doing that step number one alone, never mind the introspective things I've mentioned, but just by doing that one thing alone, you will begin to say, how can I work smarter for effect? Not necessarily work harder so that I'm too valuable in my position to get promoted. So that would be my answer. Does that make sense? There's another question. Yes, absolutely. Let, let me just read the other question. How much of moving through an organization is tapping into other superpowers? Perfect. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's um, incredibly important. Um, if we go back to the word relationships, um, um, if you see somebody who is just killing it. Somebody who has something that you kind of, you kind of admire about them. They're doing something in the way that you like it. Establish a relationship and understand what are they doing? Most importantly, how do they think about what they're doing? How they, how they arrive at that? Were they born with that gift? Um, again, if it's, if it's, um, um, you know, some sort of athletic endeavor, sometimes just somebody's more athletic, but, but especially in the workplace, um, tapping other, per, uh, other um, uh, person's superpowers is, is um, a massive way to learn things and see what sort of fits. It's like trying on a different pair of shoes and say, does this work for me? And how do I adapt it for my purpose? Um, I, had a, I had a boss, Tom, one time who, um, and by the way, Tom is my nephew, uh, just moved to Texas and is launching his career. Um, but Tom, I had a, um, um, a boss one time who was a real driver. It was just his personality. And when you do those personality profiles, he was a heavy D. Had to be in control, had to be the alpha dog and had to, you know, tell people and how to, how to, you know, command and control type of structure. It was his superpower really uh, allowed him to grow his career up in the organization. And so at one point in time, I thought, I'm going to copy this. I'm going to, I'm going to take this, um, this uh, from him and I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing because it seems to work. And I've never been, I've never done so poorly in my life. I've never done so poorly in my life. The people that I worked with didn't like me. It, it wasn't me. It wasn't anything about me. And, and so I learned something important is that his superpower was not my superpower. Likewise, I had another boss who created a vision for the future, who said, hey, here's what can happen. Here's the vision of the future. And the smart person will understand how to navigate the world and arrive at that vision when the organization goes there. W what was the vision? Um, we were going to go from... 54 branches and buy a bunch of other banks and go to 250 branches. Okay. I loved it. That really motivated me. A great motivation. And so the motivation comes from outside. Inspiration comes from inside and it inspired me, motivated me and inspired me to then go and gosh, I want to be part of this. And I wanted to get in that part of the organization. We ended up with 2000 branches at work as it turned out, but that vision really, really helped me. So I took that and I adapted it when I, um, went into um, advanced um, um, leadership roles, and um, but I did it in my way. So, so Tom, a long-winded way of um, um, tapping another superpowers 
Yes, as long as it fits your values and who you are, and you can take those things, you can morph them to, to, to suit your purposes so that it's your authentic self. Life is not very fun when you can't be yourself. And, um, um, and, and so you wanna, you wanna win, you wanna win the game of a career game, but, and you wanna do it by taking advantage of all the relationships and tools at your dis disposal, but you need to do it in, in your way and your unique self and, and as part of the discovery. Tom, does that make sense? Um, Tozin responded, uh, perfect, thanks, Th thank you. This was uh, to the previous question. Well, Tosin yes, is a superstar. Makes sense. From okay, Tom as well. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Tosin's a superstar, so um, it, it is really great to see her name here today because um, she, she's just a superstar. So it's really fun um, uh, uh, to see your name. So thank you, for Tosin, for being here today. Um, as you can tell, I get kind of excited about certain things, certain aspects of career and career planning, and um, and I can't emphasize enough the, the need to have a career plan. And it doesn't mean again that you know the next role. It doesn't mean again that you've got the specific steps you're gonna take, but it means you've got an overview of where you're going with your career, that you understand yourself a little bit better and you understand the environment that you're working. And um, to me, it's shocking that a lot of people don't understand the environment that they're working and how they can solve problems. Um, a lot of times people can, can approach interviews and say things like, here's what I wanna do. I've done some operations. I've done some marketing, I've done some sales. So my next challenge is PL responsibilities. PL responsibilities. Okay, great. That's what you want. But tell me, I'm interviewing you to see how do you, <laughs> I need to hire somebody who I trust, who I think is going to solve my problems. How, how do we bring this together so you get what you want and I get what I want? And, and um, it's not a cafeteria approach. And, and that's one of the things that, that um, um, if I'm underscoring my whole message today is, is you know, think carefully about these three things, but also think about when, when, when you see your place, the organization, the organization is not there to help you hit your goals. It's a mutual understanding that you'll hit your goals when you help the organization hit its goals. And, when you, the, and the more you understand that and the more you can think about it strategically, not just tactically, then the more you can move up into management and that announces yourself and your personal brand as a person with high potential. So I hope that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. I really enjoyed it. I could relate to every point and I, I could keep giving examples of where I've discovered what you were uh, mentioning, but you know, it, uh, I don't need to make it all about my ego here to share. <laughs> oh, I recognize it. I recognize it. But I did recognize a lot of the points that you mentioned. You know, um, I, th thank you, Zarina. And, 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 the, and the reality is, um, um, in one hand, it's, it's way simpler than people think. On the other hand, what is more complex than, than trying to understand yourself and your motivations and what you want to do? It's extremely, it's extremely complex. And, um, and, and I wish I could give examples for your career. I've, I've known Zarina for um, just the past couple of years. Uh, we met in Vienna when I went to make a presentation on corporate culture. And uh, we met and um, have become friends since then and worked together. Um, and again, that's what I do with, my, with the people that I mentor. We become friends and get access to my network. So um, I'm really happy to support your work, Zarina. And then, like I said, whenever you need me, I'm there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. So if uh, there are no further questions, I guess we can close today's session. You bet. And um, it's going to be exciting to see. I want to see how many people watch because um, I think I had 88, what did you say, 88, almost 100 people that were, that were signed up. But um, I think right. a lot of people are in different time zones. I know one person was, 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 um, uh, is in um, Malaysia. So, so she's going to be, um, you know, obviously a whole different time zone 
than we are here in Seattle. But anyway, so I think a lot of people watch the recording. So for those of you that watch the recording, I hope this this makes sense. And and look, you guys can find me at amatosparks.com. Um, my point is it takes sometimes just one small spark to kind of get your career moving. Hopefully today was a small spark that got things going for you and helped you think about your career differently, but you can find me there. And if you watch the video and you're not on the call today and you want to reach out with questions that you obviously couldn't ask in person today, then please, please do let me know. I'd be happy to work with you, happy to help you and, uh, and, um, and to meet you. Thanks. Uh, so just to mention that you offered for anybody um, who refers uh, the attendance at the Game of Leadership Summit, a 10% off of your personal mentoring program. So for anybody listening, again, amatosparks.com. You can reach out to my, uh, Mike and get a 10% off for his mentoring program. Thousands of dollars in savings. Thousands. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Lorena. Thanks, everybody, for joining today. We'll talk to you all soon, I hope. Bye. Have a great day. Cheers.